welcome to the charge then um lockdown edition number i don't know i think we're on mid-20s just number just does it ever end <laughs> <laughs> um the jury is still out but the yeah, rugby is still going on yeah i, I just want to I, I we were talking about it before but i just want to let everyone who listens to this podcast know don't that, talk about uh, the eggs no no i bought um i bought two rugby balls and i'm going to uh, become an expert goal kicker uh and that's gonna be my shtick for a while <laughs> um i'm also gonna do the bronco test a few times and see how badly i stack up compared to a pro you see what's the end goal for this i guess that it occupies time pro <laughs> level play yeah it's i'm, I'm, I'm kind of like you know the time is running out if i'm gonna make it <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I better... you only have four or five years left in your career, Ralph. <laughs> oh, I know. I better, I better, better start training now, and uh, maybe I can get a cap well, or two in the end. We laugh, but he could be a savant at the goal kicking. You never know. Some NFL team could pick him up or some shit. Expert you goal know. kicker. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to be like Mister Bowden Barrett to be a goal kicker in the NFL. Mm. You just have to kick the goals. Hmm. So much so that didn't a woman kick a goal recently? <laughs> yeah. There is there is female kickers at college. college I don't think it has been in the NFL. Oh, yeah, right. not in the NFL, no. And um, uh, I'm aware that was incredibly sexist. But <laughs> fair play to them. More power to them. Yeah, no. Too late now, um, Dave. You can't take that back. Live, I'm going to be cancelled on Twitter. Not my precious Twitter. <laughs> All right. Anyway, okay. the rook- let yeah, let's get let's get to the rugby. Um, last week's game, uh, Six Nations against uh, Scotland. Are you see, yeah. okay, the overriding thing I got from what I said about that match was, I don't know where the two teams are at, and I still feel that way. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not a whole lot got cleared up for me, and I'm wondering if this is actually a good thing for Scotland in that uh, the narrowing of the the skill gap or the the level at which they're playing over the course of the years is meaning that we're not blowing them out as much or teams aren't blowing them out as much. So while it remains unsatisfying for both teams, it's actually better for Scotland in that they're putting in more competitive performances. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think so at all. (laughs) Do Um, elaborate. If they won't, like like it would be good for Scotland if they narrowly won. Hmm. Because uh, you say, okay, they got that off their back. Uh, even if it was ugly performance, they went behind. But the fact they didn't, um, it, it means Scotland haven't turned a corner and may never turn a corner. Okay. Um, but I, do I you think... not think it's better to lose narrowly than to get blown the fuck out? Oh, yeah. But like, I don't think there's any difference the last three results. Mm. Um, like last year, this time last year, the kick out Six Nations, we won narrowly and like Stuart Hogg dropped the ball across the line. And people are saying this is actually a really bad result for Ireland and good for um, Scotland performance-wise. Because mm. normally we beat Scotland up and this time they came really close. Yeah. And then, so. the six, then we played them again in the autumn and we beat them comfortably enough. Well, I, I don't, it, the result was comfortable enough, but I don't know if the performance is fully... Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a game where it was, wasn't far from the, us losing it, but... Yeah, we we had we had too much for them. Was, the points difference displayed more of a gulf than I believe there was on the field. If you know what I mean, like the, the teams were actually quite closely matched. We just kind of got lucky at a few points. I felt well, not lucky, but you know what I mean. Like the breaks went their way or whatever. 
But uh, okay, so I feel like you're agreeing with me by what you're saying. But you're saying you're not agreeing with me. <laughs> no, because, I, I don't like, think. I don't, you're saying it's basically that Scotland can be happier from performance than uh, Ireland can, if I'm reading what you're saying correctly. I don't think yeah. so. I think, I think both teams would be unhappy. This is Scotland would yeah. be worse because they lost. Okay, mm. okay. But both teams will be unhappy. We can agree with that. Yeah. Okay. But I, I don't think there's any silver lining with Scotland now. Mm, yeah, probably like, not. Like, they, they, there's always a thing like, oh, Scotland, it's just under false dawn. That's up to mm. them to prove it's not, and they've conclusively proven the Six Nations that it is a false dawn. And they re- regain it a bit by um, beating France, maybe. Sorry, that yeah. would be a good result for them. But still, like, this is Six Nations they could have contended in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be a Six Nations. And like they might not get another chance. Okay, yep. I wonder if your false dawn analogy is actually falling into like the mental trap of an all or nothing attitude. Because let's be honest, like success is built over time rather than yeah. And you can be a successful, well, maybe not a successful team, but you can perform well without um, necessarily winning the tournament. Hmm. But I, I don't think Scotland have like the defense is better this year, sure. And they're not as loose, okay. maybe, as previous, but... I'll put it to you like this, all right? It now feels to me like as if every year it's no longer who's the wooden spoon contender, Scotland or Italy. It's now Italy is the wooden spoon and Scotland can challenge for, like, whatever position they want, apart from maybe first. Um, Just I, because they I, I think, haven't I think proved. Basically, Scotland are tougher. Hmm. But that's an improvement. Maybe or worse. I don't. I, I don't think there's. Like if you just said rank the teams, Scotland's always fifth for me. Yeah, mm. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, I think there's. It's I too hard. Really to develop a team that may not win it, but is competitive last couple of years for first spot. So there, there's no give there. Ireland is still better than them because we beat them consistently. Wales are either freakishly lucky or still um, better than. Them. Wales are an enigma. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word. We'll, we'll, I got a better idea next year. Yeah, um, um, but, but back, I, I don't think I don't think the Scotland are like this. This, this is basically the time, the time to prove this is the game to win. Say that we're actually a team that can compete for this mm. tournament, but like well, they, they've shown they haven't. I think right now there's three tiers: there's England, France, Ireland, in- Ireland, Wales, Scotland, and then Italy, and. It, to try and draw differences between each in each tier is difficult. And yeah. yeah, sure, we might be a little bit better than Scotland on the basis of like the last year, but I think the the gap is so close that it could turn. Well, the, thing is, the thing is, the gap isn't narrowing, in my opinion. It's narrowed from Schmidt era mm. to now, but we're still beating them all the time. Mm. Well, let's let's dive into that a little bit. Um, yeah. Because uh, I remember, I think Johnny Sexton um, said that they basically had to win that game twice. Because yeah. they were they went, they went up 14 points and then they still had to carve out a penalty at the end. Yeah, we started off great. Um, yep. The first couple of minutes, we looked good, we are attacking well. We should have scored a try. Mm. But three points after a good attacking move, that's always a nice play to start a game. Um, and... I said this a couple of times. We don't have a back line. We have, we have several players filling spots together. Mm-hmm. Um, our tax got worse over last year. It's now 
it was better under Joe Smith than it was um, at the start of 2020, and it was better in 2020 than it was now. So we're, we're regressing at a rate of knots in mm. the back line, and, and attack as a toll, but particularly in the back line. Um, okay, players... I, I'm, I'm going to just offer up something there. I wonder how much of this is, and you aren't going to like me by saying this, is as a result of Paul O'Connell. <laughs> now, there no. is a way of saying this, that the forwards are playing great, but the way they're playing is we're sacrificing things elsewhere. Yeah. I think that's a valid point to make. Yeah. So you can play, well, the, player, the, player, the players are playing well, so you can't criticize them. Well, it's like, well, this is a trade off. Like, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I think, I'm, not, I'm not saying it is. I'm just putting it out there. You know what I mean? No, no. Um, that's the, the our point. Like, our, our forward pack could be best in the Six Nations. Yeah, statistically, games. If, if you look at the statistics, yeah. as we've said a few times in the last few weeks, like our uh, rook time and all that, like is indicative of a dominant pack. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's not being translated into the kind of results that you'd expect on the back of those statistics. So yeah. something's every clearly player, wrong. Every forward, aside from Peter Manny, because he got red carded 50 minutes into his tournament, <laughs> is playing at least well to excellence. <laughs> Um, what about Healy? People like um, <laughs> see Healy's not doing well, but he's like he's doing a lot of rock work. Yeah, his yeah, scrum okay. is solid. He's part yeah. of a solid lineout. Like he probably could be our worst forwards, and he's not terrible. He's not like um, like a complete liability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like generally, our forwards are done really well. But the thing is, our backs are just they're in like Kenshaw. I thought a great game. Uh, Try the tournament, but particularly in the Scotland match again. But like, he's, nothing he's doing is part of a backline. It's him crashing the ball up after the ball being passed twice backwards. So he's mm. like way behind the gain line. Or him chasing kicks. Or making big hits. Right? Like that, the things he's doing are not part of a backline. Um, we pick things like low. It feels like a, sorry, we'll on. get onto low, but it feels like the whole notion of any sort of strike backline strike move is just non-existent. Like yeah. I don't even like, see them trying it. Our, it. our main attacking plan seems to be just something goes wrong and we score. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that 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 first try we scored, the Keith Earls one, um, where we just Johnny just kicks it up yeah. into the sky and it I was comes like, off Earls' head. <laughs> not the first yeah. time we've done that this tournament. Yeah, I was I was kind of like that'll that'll mean we'll be doing that now for the next at least five games. Those like. <laughs> like um, you could criticize for being like st- uh, turgid or stolid mm. or like ugly rugby. There was a plan. We have mm. no plan. I, I yeah. honestly think that if we removed Cat and replaced him with no one, we'd be doing better. Yeah, there does seem to be um, an absence of coherency there. I think, like, because it's weird how we seem to be doing everything. All the individual bits we're doing decently enough, like line out, scrum, rooks, whatever, penalty kicks, all good. And then. It's just, it's like you have gold, but nothing. This is like gold, but nothing gluing it together. We had a scrum in the middle of the pitch, so a great place to attack from. Mm. A solid scrum gets the ball out. We pass it into touch. The player gets bundled into touch. Mm. Like that's that was our attacking move. It was pass to a player, pass to a player, pass to a player. James Lowe bundled into touch. Mm. And like that, that like Joe Smith always had a strike move, especially in a twenty-two or like a lineup move. Mm. And then we've we've got a reliable set piece, um, and we're doing nothing, absolutely nothing coming from it. Yeah, it's but it, it, it does. Just, it's, 
it reminds me of the worst amount of Connor's year. Like Declan Kidney's year was different. It was like he was picking probably the wrong players and it was a outdated game plan, wasn't technically as good as things, but like this feels like they actually have an absence of an idea. Like there's there's like I'm, I'm, I listened to podcasts this week that were actually really negative on this, and I'm surprised considering some of them softballers. Mm. And they were saying, like, okay, there's, there's, there's no plan, we've gotten worse. Um, we're picking players like Gibson Park and Lowe, and we're using them to chase kicks and being solid defensively. Mm. Um, and that's not their game. And we're also making no use of our bench, which should be a strength of ours. Like, Ryan Baird had a big impact and only brought on, was only brought on because of HIA. Mm-hmm. We picked Murray on the bench, fine in a way. We don't play him the entire game. Mm-hmm. We have Billy Burns, don't play him the entire game. That's two members in a very critical position we will not use unless there's injury. But it might just okay. Whatever about Murray, but in the case of Burns, like it, it could just be not backing him, especially when the game. Oh, yeah, is so yeah, tight. That's, that, that's, that's entirely true. I wouldn't have brought him on, but I'm saying is. Other te- like every team uses their subs positively. Um, we're bringing on the props and the front row. Okay, that's fine. I think, but like, it's it's just it speaks to me like they have, have no idea how to run a team outside of obviously the excellent work of the forwards. Mm. Um, and I don't think there's going to be any improvement over the entire tenure of their coaching staff. I mm-hmm. think. Like we will be, we won't won't get blown out that much because our forwards are so good, and we 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 kick the ball like we're not going to get torn apart like Italy, but we're not going to win anything. Oh, okay. I I was actually thinking about this during the week, okay, and I was thinking there's a certain cohort of Irish rugby fan, okay, that <laughs> came around maybe I don't know 2009 Grand Slam. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> but. But if you look at the period that Irish rugby has had since then, it's whatever multiple three is it three or four Six Nations a Grand Slam, well uh, including two thousand nine it's four, yeah, um two two wins over the All Blacks a series win in Australia a win away to South Africa, you know success, yeah, uh, and I wonder I'm not I'm not trying to sound too pessimistic but um will we look back and go that was our golden era and actually no, absolutely not. You, uh, I think you, that think, loser we, you think we've evolved? No, I, I, I don't. We may not. It may be, in terms of results, maybe our goal there, but it's because of the incompetence of mm. um, coaching staff. Like Leinster, like, you're not guaranteed success. Leinster her, took a long time to grow into the team they were under Joe Smith. Mm-hmm. They picked the wrong coach. Duvall, like, okay, that was due to multiple reasons, like people getting aging, retiring, sex and leaving. Mm. But like we right right at the ship. Mm. And turn into a pro fourteen machine and winning Europe and being very competitive in it outside mm. of winning it. So it's not just like a fait accompli that you win, you lose. That's it. That's your time in the sun. Like, like Scotland are crap club and international wise over a long period, pretty much. But like, you, you can't just accept that. Like Wales looks like they could win Six Nations after being terrible last year. And okay, Wales is probably a bad idea because it's, it's such a fluky Six Nations. But I, I don't know. The more I, the more I read about Wales, though, like, and you look at their history, yeah. um, it's kind of it, like they won the Grand Slam and was it twenty nineteen? 
And yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're going to win this one. Well, not they're not they're not guaranteed yeah, to win. If you, if you say to someone over the last 10 years, you have Wales, your Welsh coach or Irish coach, who would you be? Like, just mm. complete blank slate saying, you're in charge of these countries. Everyone would pick Ireland. Yeah, well, I'm not so sure about that. Because you, you've better players, they're playing for your clubs, you can control them. <laughs> you can control them. <laughs> yeah, like you control the game time. You're not, not negotiating with 40 different clubs across three different leagues. Mm. Like, you've, you've complete, the whole system's built up for your your success. So, like, I I don't think you can accept... Now, if, if you're saying... I don't think you're, you can expect a Six Nations every year, or even... Mm. Maybe even ever ever every um, World Cup cycle, but like you should be competitive every year. Like there, should, there shouldn't be every year you go into it saying we're not going to win us. Mm. But but like I'm trying to think. I sorry, Rob, but I wonder how, how much of that mentality is built on the last ten years because I think it's totally reasonable to go into the tournament not expecting to win it. Like if Scotland think... shouldn't expect to win it. To be honest, like they should say, okay, if things are away. Yeah, we definitely have a belief to win it, but like, England should go in expecting to win it. Yeah, France I don't know. Should, I don't know. If, look, if you look at the to- entire history of the Six Nations, hmm. I think that victory against Scotland only now puts us again ahead of them. And you have to avoid Six Nations and previous. Like, true, true. hammered them in Six Nations. True. But, uh, like, again, I think your, your view of Irish rugby is heavily coloured by the success of the last 10 12 years i don't know i don't think we're gonna go down the shitter but like and i don't think it's a golden era situation either but there's mm-hmm. no reason why we shouldn't just revert we won't just revert to the mean or the norm of being sort of competitive but not being a winning team and there's nothing wrong with that oh no i, I think there, i think the reason we aren't is we have poor coaching staff like if you had a if you had a leinster or munster or like in the, co- the provincial coaching staffs in, t- in, t- in charge of Ireland, you'd have a better team. Mm. And a better team could have won the Six Nations. Absolutely. I'm saying yep. it's, it's always an excuse saying, we're a small nation, we can't do this. I hate that excuse. It's loser talk. It's crabs in the bucket being dragged down by the lessers. It's, it's just... If we had, like, say if we had no players, mm-hmm. uh, and we weren't good in our pro club teams, you'd say, well... Like you can, you can only so much you can do, but like we have a lot of depth. We have mm. we have um, a lot of players who tear it up for their clubs that are just aren't doing it at an international level. And I I just think that's yeah okay. There's like the Irish fan always think it's it's better. It's never as bad as they say it is. It's never as good as they say it is. Like okay, you can lose run yourself, but I think that's just a cop out saying, oh like it's a goal. Like no one says golden generation anymore. That was the excuse seven years ago or ten years ago saying, oh, we had our chance, that was this. The Driscolls, the O'Connells, the O'Garas, and now we can never win again. Mm. <laughs> I don't that, think that, anyone that was, said that, though. It was pretty much saying... Uh, never win again. Years, not that we'll ever win again. It was like, well, like the, the Grand Slam was great. You'll see another one before you die. Mm. And we um, did, so we can die happy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Thank the thing you, is, they're saying like winning, beating an All Blacks never came into us. Mm. Um, winning another Six Nations was like a, a pipe dream, pretty much. They're saying, uh, "Well, we had our one chance, we took it. That's it, and we're never going to win Six Nations." So don't criticize the coaching staff. Mm. That was pretty much it. I'll we're be totally honest with you. 
I wouldn't be surprised if I never see Ireland beat the All Blacks again in my lifetime. I would be them so often these days. I don't. I don't know. I just it, it is literally a once in a lifetime event. But, it happened twice. But um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it happened twice. shut me right down. Um, but the, the actual game. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was going on a tangent there. Like, like, yeah, we should have been. Like, my first half was. I do my first half, my second half notes. The first half mm-hmm. are real. Um, con- well, I suppose fifty minutes would be the best way to divide them. We started really well in the second half, and we were, we were completely took control of that game, and then we collapsed. Mm. Um, I, I think James, like James has been dropped for the next match, but I do think you, that. Do you want to dissect his performance a little bit? Because he yeah, he came yeah. in for a shit ton of criticism. Yeah, I think well, that's. I mean, it was totally justified, was it not? On the basis of what we saw. Yeah, yeah but I didn't, I didn't... He's, a, he's a foreign player. Yeah, plays for uh, Leinster. Position that has ups that has, um Munster and Ulster and even Connacht's options in it probably much. Mm. So you're always going to have the provincial thing, um, and the good work he does is very unlimited, very limited. Mm. Um, I feel bad for him in a way because he's in a system that takes no use of his talents and it's completely not even a blunt instrument. It's it's just a non 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 entity attack we have. Mm. And we picked okay, his strengths are he's a big boot. He's a powerful ball carrier. Um, and he has skills that no, not many Irish backs have. Yep. The problem is only one of them is really getting used. Mm. I, don't, um, I think I think he's been figured out. Oh, like, people re- people realise that he just tries to go around the outside every time, so people are just tackling him into touch. Yeah, and the thing is, I, he shouldn't be. I, I would tell him to you have to work on this, you have to work on this, you have to work on your fitness, your defence, you have to do all these things, your work rate. And I would have dropped him. Um, but he's in a system that he has no chance really to, to work in. Yeah, mm. I, I, I would kind of agree with that a bit. But I think, I think he got tackled in such two, maybe three times. It's kind of inexcusable. Yeah, he really. threw, threw the ball into touch. Like he, he felt yeah. really bad from then because he gave mm. up the try. Like nothing was going in. His last opposition, and now he's struggling to make the step up to international. Yeah, that's definitely the case. But um, everything has to be looked to the prism of terrible coaching. Every game I see them, I hard coaching staff, pretty much. Um, If I was a die, oh, you're just making excuses for the player. Oh, no, I don't like. I, uh, if I was coach and told him to work on these deficiencies, Yeah, I, and I in the international setup, but like now you've said, you can do expose him to the international framework, get him to work on this. And if he does, if he does come back, he'll be a better player. And if not, 
You're not losing anything. For not chasing back. Oh, yeah, like there's, there's... That's not that's coaching. Not, I'm not absorbing all the things. Like the, the, the work... Yeah, they'll always be there because that's just how he plays. Problem is, we're getting none of his benefits. Mm. All of his ass due to the coaching. His, I thought Ronan got 100% committed in defense maybe causes issues. Yeah, it, 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 the way he seems to play sometimes does strike me as more attack-minded, which is nothing wrong with that. Like I actually think we need more of that, to be honest. But uh, mm. it, it would stand to reason that if that is his rugby ethos, which it could well be, or it might just be embedded in him because where he was raised or whatever, that like these soft tackles, you know, he, he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't care, but he just thinks that's part and parcel of the game, and they'll score, as you say, again. So it's gonna gonna counteract itself. But yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't know. It's uh it's worrying in any event. And I said on the WhatsApp, I think it wouldn't surprise me if we never see him playing in green again. Yeah. And I don't think it was that disastrous a performance, but mm-hmm. I I struggled to see how he could work his way back in as a foreign player. I don't know. Just maybe um, like, I'm being. Like, he's come back in. After like a year out or something, was just like a, up to, or he loses a bit of weight. I think probably the big thing. Um, you don't want him jumping. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like we were saying with Gibson Park, like Gibson Park. Okay, his boxing is not better than it was when he arrived, but he's he's there to get quick ball out of the rook, not necessarily accurate passes out, but quick passes out. He's a great uh, support line runner, yeah, and like. Ball player outside of the outside of the traditional scrum half roles, and we're using them like Conor Murray Mark Two, and we're box kicking loads. The box mm. kicks weren't good enough for me. There was too many of them yeah. in my mind. Well, no, too many or too many poorly executed. I suppose the same thing. Mm. Um, There's not enough distance on them. This, yeah. this was my main takeaway. Like we were, he was getting like about ten meters on more than half or about half of them. It just you know, I don't know. My heart was dropping every time I saw it because, and we got lucky. With yeah, some of the it did. yeah, agreed. It did feel um, like and the lockdowns. Like Toje will absolutely murder him if he do, if he if Jeez. he set up like the same way we have. Yeah, I didn't even consider that. That's, yeah, okay, that's he's not weird. starting, but like, um, if he was to do that against Toje, it'd be two tries under their posts, and you'd be wondering what's happening. Mm. I um, think Gibson Park makes for a more interesting case of fan reaction than Lolo's because he seems to be uh, splitting the fan base a bit more. I think everyone agreed that Lowe probably should have been dropped. And I'm not yeah, sure his performance as a whole is clearly okay, better. Lowe's because... had a terrible bounce for that first try. Mm. Like, that's just unlucky. The, okay, he could have gone back quicker, but the ball bouncing off his hand, like, is that's just a freakish bounce. Yeah. Um, it looks real bad. But the try where he just misses the tackle completely, like, that's... Mm. There's no real uh, extenuating circumstances there. Um, and I'm saying, like, we, we pick these guys and we're putting them in positions that we're getting no benefit from them. Mm. 
So you're like, like, well, these guys have downsides, and some of them are quite significant. So what, what, what's the upside? And we're like, well, we have no upside, really. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. I think Gibson Park is actually not playing badly. And I, heard and I think a lot of people see that. Because... Yeah, like, I've heard mixed things in Gibson Park. This, yeah, this is what I'm saying. There's like, it, there's a, there was no, no like, discussion about low, so to speak. Yeah. The, the overwhelming consensus was yeah. get rid of them sort of thing. <laughs> but I think yeah. it, the Gibson Park seems to be more, uh, people have more time for them. But I, I just wonder, like, is that fair? You know what I mean? One one or two bad games, and you're you kind of lost to solve the nation, so to speak. I I don't know. It just seems um, very. Uh, I heard something that volatile. you guys probably won't uh, enjoy too much, and I think I agree with this. Um, Sexton has been papering over a lot of cracks in this team, mm-hmm. which is a mind blowing thing considering how we're we're critical, I suppose, of Sexton or critical on reliance on Sexton. And his I performance think, and his like uh, his drive to play to forty. I, like, I think the, like, without the him, it'd be much much worse. <laughs> yeah, I entirely agree. But I think the criticism of section stems from more of a frustration that we have no viable option as a backup mm. to him, rather than on the man's performance yeah. itself. So, mm. like you know, I like he nailed that last minute penalty that won us that yeah. match. I'm not sure if any other kicker in the country would have done that. Certainly not. Yeah, he may he may well have done. But uh, like, I'm not angry at Sexton and yeah. what he says and the fact that he's still playing. I'm just like, how have we found ourselves in this position? You know what I mean? By all mm. means, when he's hitting yeah. them last minute penalties and winning the game, yeah, he should be the one starting and playing. But you know, it's just frustrating that that's where we are. Mm. I don't. I'm not happy about that, but it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, I'm not like I just want it all, Neil. I want it all, and I want it now. <laughs> Where's like, I mean, at this point, and I think I might have said it last week, Joey Carberry is Saint Joey, the savior of all. Like, yeah, he's, he's the only hope. He's the last hope. The amount and, of pressure that is falling on him uh, is crazy, and it's from everyone. I think it's not just from monster fans. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think everyone realizes how dire the situation is at 10 and it's like we're looking uh, around for a life boy actually make a difference now well i mean if he's as good as people seem to think uh, he yeah, is. i know but i'm thinking like, like what like say if joey's fit fully fit and starting that match yeah mm-hmm. what would you expect him to do i expect him to paper over the cracks but he's yeah, younger I mean, and like, has more fucking fuel in the end in that performance though listen i just want someone who i know i can rely on for a couple of years who isn't right at the end of their career and still papering over cracks. If you can get me someone who papers over cracks who's young, I'll take it. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's unfortunate. Yeah, what I'm but... saying is like like I would have been in the same mind that Joey Carberry is the future and if he fits, he's probably the better option than Sexton now. Mm. But I'm thinking like now I'm revising and saying, okay, like there's no actual real difference, which is a real bad place to be in, I think. Yeah. So if, if our best young hope well, not that young anymore means like the same and he's like injury prone, like it, it's a bad place to be. Mm. Um my thoughts Tell me tell me about Roman Poit, Neil. Mad old Roman. <laughs> it's just what the fuck? He's a disaster of a man. 
Rooks were a bit messy. Yeah, he seems to reverse the, the way to go when the ball goes into the 22. Mm. Like you'll, what, you'll ping, you'll ping things outside the twenty-two. We won't inside, and okay, vice versa. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I, I like. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but do you think the try that he stuck his head into the pile would have been awarded if it went to the TMO? Uh, no, no. It depends on the question. But I yeah, don't think it would have been try yes or no. I think you said any reason not to award it, it would have been. But because, like, I, I think he just awarded that to save his bluff, sort of thing. Oh, he's the closest <laughs> person to it. I know. Yeah, but I don't know that he saw anything in there. If you know mm. what I mean. Because from the camera angle, I could see there's no way the ball was on the ground. But, I thought it was. I thought it was really interesting. Um, yeah, I'd like to see more of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's creative, like you know. Mm. No, no shame in it. I think he used to play, did he? So he's probably not afraid of sticking his head he's in. Detective. <laughs> Is he actually a detective? Yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm thinking of like a Pink Panther esque. Bumbling in Paris. He did look like a bit of a bumbling Clouseau on, on that match. I, um, um, I was going to say, like, um, Furlong has better hands mm. than our backs. Uh, and Standard showed why he was he had a great game, I thought. Well, a very good game, I thought. But he has no ability to um, handle the ball. Mm. Like, that, when that Furlong dancing thing should have been us miles on the pitch but he absolutely kills the, the play by throwing the ball behind um the winger after not whoever was on the wing mm. um just a really terrible pass and we got lucky i think with one of his offloads that wasn't called forward but um i suppose with his retirement like he, he still doesn't have the power or pace he did as he started but mm. he always gives you double digit tackles and carries mm. um even if he has no real power in them anymore Sounds and it sounds like a disrespectful thing to say, but I mean it in a respectful way in that he is entirely reliable. He's incredibly yeah. reliable back row operator, and it's a testament to the quality of the reliability that he's still in that team, I think, because there's, there's very good players behind him who are not getting into the team. So, like, you know, yeah. to, to keep his performance at that level over, what is it, eight years in Ireland? Not in green, but in yeah. the Irish system. Like... Mm. Fair play to the man. It's uh, it's shockingly consistent. It's rare you see him play poorly. Very rare, if ever. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. I saw people saying standard for Lions. Was, uh, Maybe he might be on tour, but darting. I don't know. I'd like to see him on the tour. It'd be cool. Mm. Nice little send off. And uh, uh, I thought Hamish Watson should be there as well on the basis of his quality over the course of whatever and he showed it again how is he so hard to put down <laughs> well connor's a good game especially yeah, that he... tackle on i thought the tackle was going to be one of the ones where he rides it and then dots it down after mm-hmm. i was like okay it's a good technical tackle but he just stops him completely yeah and gets, I, saw, gets him... I saw people analyzing that moment and uh they were saying it's quite po- probable that if do if uh ali price hadn't been shouting for an offload at Duhan, that Duhan just would have dotted it down. <laughs> because, you know, if you have someone shouting at you and you're on pure instinct, you kind of try to facilitate whatever it is that they're shouting at you. So he mm-hmm. threw the offload rather than actually just trying to place the ball, which ended up screwing him greatly. But I suppose they got a try within like 10 phases. So it wasn't it wasn't game-defining stuff. But yeah, that was a fucking great tackle by Will Connors. It was my favorite moment of the match. Mm. 
really liked it. If if he, I don't know. Yeah, he has some defensive air, like prowess to the man. And he's good just, on the other aspects of his game as well. Like he can carry, he can take a good line, and he's mm. not a small guy. So it's unfortunate he busted his knee. He's been out there for eight weeks now or something. Oh, what I think Keen Healy dropped him on a lineout drill. Uh, that's what I heard anyway. On but uh, it was a, from a lineout practice drill, mm. and he just landed awkward on his knee, and it could be MCL. That's shit. That's what uh, happened to uh, the South African and Munster, isn't it? Slimen, yeah, Much yeah. Much worse for him though. Oh well, the outcome, yeah, was the lineout dropping thing as well. I've no idea. Well, exactly. It could it be was, just a regular lineout. Not at all, mm-hmm. really, but just like five um, minutes into a match, it was terrible. Ringrose had the worst game for Ireland. Yeah, yeah do we know uh, he was injured, wasn't he? He was injured, he and injured. I wonder if that was early on in the match or whatever, because he was just awful. Yeah, mm. I, it must have been early because just well, okay, no, that's probably okay. a bit too fair. Uh, but I hope it was early because at least then there'd be an excuse for it, the big disparity in, in the level of performance that we're used to him putting in, but uh. Yeah, probably not a good day for Ring Rose there. Henshaw making up double, trying to make up for Ring Rose's shit. The thing is, like, like Henshaw didn't do anything for our, our team. Oh come on, Henshaw is great <laughs> in, in mass, like as a back. Like I'm, I'm saying like our backline did nothing that entire game. Mm-hmm. Like we had no plans. It was just like Hen- Henshaw's all contributions were pretty much individual. Mm. Like you can say like the um the forwards they'd made a. Like say, Byrne made loads of good. Sorry, Henderson made a lot of tackles and turnover ball, but he's also part of a well-drilled machine. Yeah, mm. I wonder... Henderson, uh, Henshaw just like making tackles, making carries, chasing balls, but like there's no, there's no, and a result of that, our backline scored in the corner. Mm. Yeah, I wonder how much then that uh, Ringrose might be. As much as Henshaw is possibly benefiting from that individual ethos, I wonder if Ringrose is suffering from it. That's not to say he's not quality, yeah. but he might be used to the team, more team-centric mm-hmm. philosophy in Lancer, and then it's not. Yeah. No, well. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to look at it from, yeah. you know, an alternate perspective of. He's and as you say, if, if, if hacking on him. If Henshaw is not uh, playing with a team-centric view or yeah. whatever, then he's not really going to be bringing Ringrose into it too much, is he? So, yeah, yeah, like like thing is, it's a hard place to be. I said a couple of times that um, Henshaw ran like the like the set piece move from us was passed back twice, and then Henshaw crashes from twenty meters out, mm. so we just lost yards. Um, but like it can't be good for Ringrose either when. Okay, you get, maybe maybe the tank gets the ball at decent speed, but he's not going to be coming. He's not going to be threatening the line, mm. and then Henshaw takes some out of it, and then he has to do something with us. Mm. The opposition know this, so they're going to be cutting him down pretty fast as well. And I said to Earl, about Earls, like Earls had a great game again. That was like, there's no part of him like being going to move or a a switch play or anything. A, positive attacking it's just him working his arse off and being pretty good defensively most of the game and chasing kicks like it's I, I keep going on and on about it but our, our backs are not a offensive threat whatsoever mm. as a unit 
and not really as individually fast. Yeah. What about? <laughs> as, okay. We are okay. Like I'm just trying to pick at straws here, but uh, clutch at straws. The expression. <laughs> we do attack as a unit with the old sex and kick it up. That's a unit move, is it not? Someone runs forward, slaps it back. Someone follows up. So we have that. If nothing else, <laughs> we have that. Yeah, and we got lucky. <laughs> That's all you need sometimes. Is a little bit of luck. That's yeah, so what I mean. England... Like we're never going to get hammered with this team. Mm. But with, like, well, actually, I think, I think okay, we got we're all annoyed by that kick it up thing. But I think mm. it's it's ultra apparent because what you say is probably true. So where before it was perhaps mixed in with a little bit of something, and you could get your teeth into the little bit of something. Now all you have is the hoof it up. So you're just like, is this all like, we got? Because it is all we've got. Like Joe Smith's teams, like they played poorly, but they played with a plan. Mm-hmm. And like, is this what we're trying to do? It's not effective, and we don't have a plan B. But this is what we're doing. But we have no. Like, I keep going on about this, but like, it, it's it's frightening. But I don't think they have any idea what to do. Yeah, we, their idea is completely the wrong way. Rugby's gone. Well, um, no, it's quite possible they're being told to play heads up rugby, and that's what they're doing, and it's just not working. So, you know, when in doubt, just being the players again. How, yeah. how different do you think it would be if we were coaching them? Because that—that's, I think, what we're into. You say, okay, hang on one second. We're just going to get the. We're going to call up Lancaster, and we're going to call up Larkham, and we say, what do you guys want us to do? Hmm. Because, because I could, I could coach them if, 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 it, <laughs> if it comes down to just play heads up rugby, just play what's in front of you, and ah, I get what you're saying. I thought you were saying we would do a better job. Which... <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> no, I get what you. Yeah, you're saying we could just tell them to play heads up rugby, which yeah. I suppose we could, but I still don't think there's there's obviously more nuance to it than that. Mm-hmm. Like... <laughs> Well, well, let's let's look at the positive side. The coaching, um, our lineout is really defensive. Like um, Jackman, he, Jackman put up a point saying it's actually pretty illegal what we're doing. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're like the Penguins. <laughs> yeah. So look forward to that in the English match. Mm. Saying like um, because we're we're jumping a bit early sometimes, and we might be getting hidden arms. So this might might be pinged, but maybe it won't. Mm. But it's good. Um, we're missing Ryan, who's a big part of the defensive jump. Mm. But we're doing well. We've switched away from the three second rows. Um, so I suppose we're looking forward to the English match now. And just on yeah, the yeah. one Scottish match, I'm once again vindicated by my hatred of Russell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had that. Um, was it about five ten minutes spell where overshot uh, twice? Yeah, he he. Well, one more match actually turned into a, a actually a good kick, but yeah, after that he overshot. Mm. I just feel bad for him. I feel like he Rashid is the per, is the perfect team for him because everybody's trying to do magic. But mm. when you're in like the navy of Scotland and you're one of like maybe two people trying to do magic, then when the magic, I wonder if Lowe suffers from this a bit actually. Mm. In that he's kind of the only person trying to do off the cuff magic, yeah. and then because he's the only one trying to do it, it's so much more apparent when it doesn't pay off. Like and if if you stuck him in Rassing or something, then you know it would kind of blend into the general madness. Chaos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you 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 give him a pass then. Well, I think Russell might suffer a bit from that, and that's not to say 
yeah, I'm kind of in your camp too, Neil, of like, my God, sort your shit out. But <laughs> at this point, this, that's just how he does it. It's not going to change. Oh, um, yeah, like, like you can you can tell him to work on stuff. And like, but yeah, it's like picking Teddy Thomas or Back Taylor. Like, you pick these guys because you want them to do what they do and you take the negatives with us. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, going to score I, a wonder try or else he's going to let them score a wonder try. I was mm. just... I, Teddy Tama in the English match was head melting at times. I, I, I was just like, "Why are you doing this?" And then he does something amazing to inside and He's like, "Okay, I kind of get why you're there, but frustrating nonetheless." Do you want to touch on the English France match a little bit? Yeah, that was a very entertaining match. That was a much higher quality match mm. than our game. Quality. Uh, I thought the English were off there. They're wrecked by half time because mm. um, it's such a pace of the game. But then they looked like they finished stronger. Uh, to France didn't use their subs that much. They didn't use Entomac. Mm-hmm. Uh, like okay, Jalibert was playing well, but I think if you have someone of close enough quality, you might bring him on for those last fifteen minutes. Um, I thought it was a big um, not mistake by France, but another opportunity gone for them to win six stations. Um, they now have to get. They're nine points behind Wales with two games. Yeah. So if Wales get two points, they win the Six Nations. Yep. So losing bonus point and four try bonus point, that's... Well, they only have themselves to blame, really. Uh, yeah, exactly. that match was there for the taking, as far as I'm concerned. I, thought, actually, I was very impressed by that try. I thought that first try was incredible. Mm. I, love, I loved it, and I said it at the time. Uh, if you watch it back... Uh, the English players never even touch a French guy when he has the ball. Which, for me, you compare to what Ireland do when we're in that position. Yeah. You compare France have literally engineered a move where the guy score the guy who scores and everyone who touches it never even gets touched. Like in modern rugby, that's incredible in my yeah. mind. Is this Penaud's try? Yeah. Yeah, that was that. That's the kind of strike move that like we just don't have anything even approaching that shit. And yeah. it's why like why can't we do that? No staff lacks the ability to do it, apparently. Mm. Yeah, apparently, because I don't like the, the, the goal from the player quality isn't that great, I don't think. Yeah. And the, we've shown it from the Joe Schmidt there that our lads can do these things. So, mm. what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> head melting. Yep. I thought um, a lot of the Saracens players looked better these, than they have at the start. Mm-hmm. They're getting back into this. Like it's too late for them now because they were lost to Wales, and it's not too Scotland. late for them to beat the shit out of us. Yes, <laughs> God. Um, yeah, like I think they, they, like Englanders are tough to beat at home. That's, that's mm. you say it about a lot of teams, but Englanders don't lose at Twickenham that much. I just wonder how much of that was France losing that match rather than England. Yeah, Do you know in what? The second half yeah. they drifted, it's drifted away from them. Mm. There, there was a Lancer match and. A, you might be able to tell me which one it was, but there was a, it, it was a six-point margin against a French team, and we left it at six points for like 15 minutes, and then we ended up losing the game. And I remember we were just running it around between the halfway line and the opposition 22 for about 10 minutes of those 15 minutes, not doing a whole lot of anything. Comfortable Absolutely. enough. It, it could well have been. You threw an intercept to lose the two-lose game. To could lose well have been this match, but I just remember being incredibly salty. And I felt like France did that a little bit in that. They had their lead and then just were c- too comfortable with it. If you know, they had a few chances they just didn't take. Yeah, like they missed touch. And once they got into twenty-two, they didn't get any points out of it. Mm. Um, well, England were took whatever was going for them. 
And it, it always frustrates me to see it. And I wonder if Ireland suffered just a little bit from that, in that they had such a good start against Scotland that maybe it was like, all right, well, we've, we've won the match now. We can kind of dial it back just a little bit and then they end up getting bitten. You know, it's uh, it's understandable why you might fall into that trap, but yeah, you hate to see it. I think I think I'd be less salty if it was any other team other than England that beat them. But uh, yeah, France and England seems to be in a different ballpark, really. Never disappoint. Like you said, you said that um, earlier on when you said France and England, then the rest of us, then Italy. Mm-hmm. I don't think it is actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have said that going into the tournament, yeah. and after even the first weekend. Um, but look, I, I like think, Wales are going to win it. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's on, um, and, on and England. England would lost two games at least. Uh, they could like lose this game against us. It's not inconceivable. No, mm-hmm. and we'll France could lose have, two games, maybe we'll even three. We'll definitely have a better sense for whether my statement has his legs mm. on Sunday, but uh, I stand over it. Like, uh, yeah, like it, I, that, that, I would, I would, I would approach the Six Nations. Power ranking from that, my body thinking maybe it actually isn't actually that much difference. It's just yeah. everyone real close to each other. Anyone can beat each other on the day, which is. I I I wonder if uh, a large part of the uh, motivation for me saying that was just the matches from last weekend, mm. because I think like that was that France England match. The first half, I think that was like the best forty minutes of rugby I can remember seeing in a long time. Just mm. the level of quality, the lack of mistakes, the quality of the refereeing, as you said, is good for me in the first 40. And uh, yeah, it was just so entertaining. Like, it felt like the first 20 minutes of that match was like the equivalent to the first five minutes of ours in that. Mm. Like, you know, when you're, you're really into it and you're entertained and you don't even realize the time is passing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, it shows you what the sport could be. And it's frustrating to then go back to the shitter zone. <laughs> <laughs> you again. The, <laughs> the love hate. <laughs> um, do you want to do just generally your thoughts before England, or do you want to talk about Leinster? Or yeah, I think I think we we won't play like France will, so that doesn't expose us to the same risks. Yeah, yeah. But I, I might guarantee like England beat us by nine or something, but we won't guess four tries for passes or something. Mm. It may happen, but I think their <laughs> midfield. It's pretty light compared to the midfield we picked, hmm. and I remember, England. yeah, they've they've basically, may, uh, sorry, Ford, Farrell, and Daly. So it's three tennis players like who play Daly fullback slash ten. So it's not a, a physical midfield considering yeah. considering they can play two laggy there not a lot of time. Interesting, but this I was thinking after they hammered us again in the autumn, like. Okay, we can't we can't contest them physically at all. Mm-hmm. So how would you do us? I was thinking you, you pick like um, Aki and Henshaw, or Aki Farrell or Henshaw Farrell, two big lads in the center. You play a second row at six, and you play like Peter Manny or someone at seven, and you maybe put put like an extra forward on the bench. I think and just go mano a mano. So you, even if you lose the game, whatever, you won't get beaten up. Because we can't just be, we're not in the same leagues as them physically last few games. And mm. we nearly ended up in that way just by injury and suspension and whatever. We've had, we could have had um, Byrne at six, Connors at seven, who's a sizable enough 
well, he's bigger than Van der Fleer. And we have Aki and Henshaw and Stockdale back in it. So we actually had a, a chunky enough team. Mm. Um, I think the team we picked is pretty good. I, I don't like Peter Romani in it. I wouldn't have played him the rest of the Six Nations just because of the red cards. Mm-hmm. I thought Rodok played better than them. Mm-hmm. You know, one bench spot I'm not going to quibble about. I think it's time to start accepting that some players are making it into this team on the basis of something other than performance. Yeah. Like, Peter Romani's like hatred is well documented. Yeah, you would have said um, leadership, lineouts, and uh, turnover and hatred and for the games you can show them <laughs> but like burn done burn and henderson and ryan have all done that mm. like to a bigger degree yeah i i i, I know uh i jest but i genuinely think he's there because he hates the risk <laughs> seriously like i think i think whenever we're at our best against england there's a level of historical angst uh, under is, un, the underdog mentality definitely comes into it. Yeah, and it it uh, really I think pushes us on to another level, even when perhaps the players aren't uh, necessarily better than their English counterparts. I I think like you're dealing with such fine margins at this level of sport that random shit can have a play. And I think if if we get fired up for like the old enemy, you know, I feel like we lost a bit of that in the Joe Schmidt era. And mm-hmm. we we're we we're beating them, like you know. So we we're beating them on the basis of something else. But uh, now that we don't have that, the quality and the uh, the framework mm. and the control levels that Schmidt was exerting over the team, I wonder if we need to bring back in some of the old enemy attitude that the, used to the, get us the wins before. The manic aggression. Yes. Red card. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you'd hate to see it. Um. Yeah, that was the, that was the idea going from Schmidt to Farrell. Like you, you lose a little bit of discipline, mm. but you have much more. You might have more aggressive defense. You have more cards, but uh, you'd be not looking for a fight. But you'd be more aggressive team, mm. and that didn't really pan out. Um, we just seem to have lost a bit of discipline. Well, it's possible. <laughs> like okay, looking more closely at the Omani thing, it's it's possible Farrell came in if if that was his ethos. And he put chi- his chips on certain players. And Amahani might even win them players where he said, this guy's attitude is sort of the attitude I want for the team as a whole. So he's going to be central to what I'm doing going forward. I'm going to keep him around regardless. Unless he's utterly terrible, which I don't think he has been. I'm going to keep him as a central sort of cog in the system. And if, if that is the case, then I can see why he's there. Because, you know, you stick to your plan, I think. Even even if it's bad, I think if you have a plan, you kind of got to stick to it. And yeah. if that was his plan, then... Yeah, Peter Manley is just a player that coaches value more than I do. And there's a reason they're coaches and I'm not. Mm. Um, I, but I just don't think that his performance... Um, it's not... Um, like, you don't pick on form. That's just a myth. But I, I think I would have had Ruddock ahead of him. Mm. And if you had like a choice between him and Byrne at six, I would have Byrne ahead of him and Sander and that, whatever. Was like I just yeah, don't think. Yeah. Um, it's like there's things I wouldn't pick him performance wise, but okay, that's a, that's an opinion, and they have a different opinion on me. Mm. Um, I, okay, and just... also I wouldn't pick him because of the red card. Mm. Yeah, so you're looking for some 
bravery perhaps from the coaching staff to not even that. It's just just say like okay this is not going to end your career but you let the team down well mm. the reason i say that is i think brave might be a bit of a stretch but i think it was fair play to the coaching staff for dropping low because uh i just think i think you have to make hard decisions like that to be respected and i don't know about you guys but that yeah. decision to me garners a little bit of respect anyway in that like it's never easy i can kind of imagine to drop someone but you know sometimes you fucking have to on the basis of performance and i think it was totally justified so yeah fair play farrell and co for uh kind of <laughs> not easy um like after that performance i don't think it's that hard to drop someone hmm. yeah now, say if Ring Rose was finished and he dropped him, I'd say, well, that's a brave call. Mm. But, but um, I, th- I think Ring Rose is more of a central figure, if you yeah. know what I mean. In that he's less replaceable. I, don't, I, I, think, exactly. I think low. I, I don't know. I just get a sense from Irish rugby generally that wings are kind of surplus. Yeah, I, I think that when we're talking about low and the difference between uh, New Zealand, I always rate wings as the least important um, players in the pitch. Mm-hmm. And From I'd, an Irish I'd, perspective I'd, or in general? No, well, I'd, I'd, I'd say I'd be somewhat representative of a conservative Irish coach, mentality-wise. Mm. Um, but I would always say the wings are least important players. And while you need pace and attacking ability, like I, don't, I wouldn't value that over someone making... Like I wouldn't pick a Teddy Tomat. If you mm. give me like a, a solid enough winger, a Dave Kearney, yeah, kind of. Mm. Although Dave Kearney isn't actually that good defensively, so it's got a hat trick last week. <laughs> but um, like when the choice between was Fardy, Gibson Park, and Lowe, I would always go for the first two because mm. I thought it was better to have. Well, first of all, Fardy was great, and he can cover six and second row. I'd say, well, it's better to have a good scrum half on the bench than it is to have a good starting wing. And I'm not sure if I'd still go with that, considering how good low was. Mm. Um, but like, it's it's just um, I've kind of wandered off the point here a bit. But no, I think I, I don't value. I don't think Irish rugby values attacking wings. Um, as much Maybe as we need to get our head out of our fucking ass as a collective unit, <laughs> start valuing them then, because like. I I wonder like if if you took the two top wings in New Zealand, whoever they are at the moment, and slotted them into that Irish system, what would the result be? Because the overwhelming yeah, consensus here seems to be they, they they set up defensively so the wings don't do as much, and they'd say, okay, well, you might score a try down the wing, but these these wings are so explosive and skillful, they'll score three, and yeah. they'll retire them after four years. Yeah, like we said before in the podcast, where they kind of unleash wingers. Like um, uh, what was the name? Savia, Rocketoko. Caleb Clark is the Caleb new one. Clark is the new one. Like they 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 bring him out and they score tons of tries and they've never seen again. Mm. Like that Jose Gear. I remember, didn't he? He uh bumped Keith Earls in one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that was what, what was that? Sixteen nil or something. That was, yeah, yeah. That was that was grim. We're scheduled to go back to New Zealand in 2022 on a three-test mm. tour. That could be bad. Yeah, it could be. 
the new coach, Leo Cullen, will take over. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what was the story? He uh, only the signed a one-year extension. Where he only signs a one-year contract rolling. Yeah. Like, so maybe do we have any member. idea what that is? It's a personal thing, so it's a sick family member or something, I reckon. Hmm. I th- Considering uh, they said, we offered him a two-year one, but he said, just give me the one-year. Um, could, could he also be just holding out for a better offer? No. I mean, you could say that. They straight up said thing. it was personal. Yeah, they, that's a personal thing. Waiting for a better offer. <laughs> I'm they, personally they, interested wants, in a better job. You want a um, stability in a coaching job. Because mm. you only have so, so many years. L- L- Lencer said they were very eager to get him signed up for longer. So, um, yeah. I, I just I don't know how having a sick family member means a one-year contract because it's such a busy job mm. you could dip out for a year get your shit in order and then dip back in maybe what i'm saying is you, you couldn't do that on a long-term contract like say if you just needed to quit like it's okay if you're you can just lot like it's nine months season essentially but if you're there for two years that's 24 months you have to wait pretty much uh, or 21 maybe if, if you get off but well in any event, I respect the decision. I'm just trying to understand, like, why? why? Yeah, it, it is interesting anyway. But the other, the other two, la- the other three guys signed up for two years. So, um, that's also uh, Tony might be going. There's rumors of him earlier in the year that he might be going, mm. but uh, it's good to keep him. Uh, do, do you want to talk briefly about Lancer or? Yeah, we just just beat where are we? It wasn't it wasn't a um a hammering. In terms of points difference, but um, we were comfortably a better team, and that's this. Who was more elite, Dan Sheehan or Scott Penny? Rob Penny. I mean, Dave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that to be honest, I'm next week. Like as much as I want Ireland to win tomorrow or whatever, and all that gonna crack. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the Pro 14 final, and I think I, we're absolutely throwing that game 100. percent I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I like, think okay. I, I don't think be any. Starters from that are our starters. Yeah, but like, you say throw in, but I wonder how good these young Lancer lads are. I wonder if they can like do do a job, but more than <laughs> do a job, if you know what I mean. <laughs> do Rory O'Loughlin, really man of the match performance, Rory O'Loughlin versus Zebra Neil. What what's Monsters backline answer? Damien Dayalendi is a slouch. <laughs> Rory O'Loughlin will run rings around that man. <laughs> Rory O'Loughlin, what was he said? Rory O'Loughlin is the pasty Damien Dalehander. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying it in a disingenuous way, but I genuinely think the young Lancer lads can put in a solid performance that could win against a starting monster team. Maybe mm-hmm. I think that pack for that we have for tonight mm-hmm. is going to be very similar to the one we line up with against Munster. Who's in the pack? Oh, yeah. Uh... Dooley, Cronin, Bent, Maloney, Toner, Fardy, Penny, Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice I would agree. Drop in it. Um maybe maybe Conan. Yeah. Maybe Baird, but it's it's not gonna be too different to that, I don't think. You could throw Furlong in, like he's fresh. Maybe. C- can I just say a bit of a selfish point here? For the yeah. last four weeks I've called out three players. Um <laughs> Mike Haley, who then the next day got man of the match, I think, against uh, whoever he's playing for against Munster. Um, mm. Rory O'Loughlin, who got man of the match the day after. 
<laughs> against whoever. And then Keith Earls, who had a uh, close to man in the match before in, in the Green of Ireland. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i clearly don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, are go- I'm just going to be positive from now on because at least if you're positive, you're not a dickhead. So, book the negativity, lads. All positive. All right. Who, who are the prospects? Jamie yeah, Osborne. There's more would. players, I think. The, the number one source of Leinster players is Michaels. But I think the second biggest source is Clubs, mm. which is unusual like, now these days. Like AIL stuff? Yeah, they may not. Yeah, pretty much. Or maybe not AIL Clubs, but just general Clubs. Club Rugby. Okay. And then the next one's like Blackrock, I think. Now, if you divide them by each club, they'd be very low, but as Club Rugby as a whole is the second biggest contingent of Leinster players. That's interesting because I would always thought it was a, mm. a near purely schools thing. Yeah, it's. I suppose a lot of these young players are club like um, Osborne, Frawley, or clubs. I think. So Rob, just hope for you, yeah, with your kicking. It's true. You just got to get him in a good club, and there you go. The O'Connell will be knocking at your door within the year. I haven't decided if I'm going to be a ten, uh, alternate twelve. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll dabble at fullback for a bit. Maybe I'll finish my career on the wing, like, like finish Easton. your career on the wing, <laughs> yeah. like he's like he's in the um, Well, he kind of transitioned into a center at the end, so you <laughs> transitioned into a walking ball of medical tape. <laughs> Rob, you could be the backup ten to Johnny Saxon at the next World Cup. Mm. Well, I, I've always I always liked uh, Matt Giddo because I remember he played he played for nine at, for Australia for a brief period, and I was like. That's so cool. He plays nine and ten and twelve. I was like, maybe I could do that. Why not does he play nine? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, All right. Uh, Final prediction. Okay, predictions. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to James put his predictions up. So I feel we should start with that. Yes, true. He was wrong last week on the France result, albeit narrowly. So he's no Mm. longer the god of guessing results because we just guessed really here. (laughs) Let's be honest. James has Scotland to murder Italy, Ireland by three, and France by ten. I'd agree with the first one. Yeah. 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 I'd um, agree with that. I, Ireland I by three. Performance for Ireland where we we turn up and we bully them. Now, it may not be pretty. Like Stockdale has a great game, and that's where our attacking spark comes from. And we don't give away. A big point actually should be mentioned. Now, we have Hugo Keenan, who's now comfortable at fullback. And we have Keith Earls. So they're two very solid people now in the back three to deal with the English kicking game, which has torn us apart over previous encounters. But I think England will just have too much for us. I think we can match them up front, so it won't be too too close that way. But I think they just have too much guile and attacking ability. So I think England by seven. Mm. Yeah, I'll go with that as well. England by five to ten. So seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, I'm slightly more pessimistic. Um no. I I <laughs> oh, no, I think, no, no. I think um I I think we'll struggle to score. Yeah. I think it's a yeah, huge problem. A I was thinking um, more of scoring in terms of trees, but uh Yeah. Uh yeah, I, I think England are gonna win this maybe fourteen, fifteen points. Um the struggle to score thing is actually a really good point because yeah. 
I, that's definitely something that's been there for a while now. And I don't know, England seem fairly solid defensively. So, yeah, if they can score, it could be actually grim enough. Can I revise my guess? <laughs> Go for it. Ah, no. It's England by 10. I'll just split the difference between you two and hope for the best. What What about... um? So then they obviously... The one that's sneaking under the radar is the technically it's a Grand Slam decider for Wales, who managed to. Is it in Wales? No, it's in Paris. Okay, I think France will beat the bollocks out of them. <laughs> Genuinely, I, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a twenty plus. Like this is a game where the luck runs out and they just get yeah obliterated. <laughs> um, but I don't think Wales are that bad. But I just think France are that good and. I think yeah. if things click for France, they can demolish them. So yeah, definitely. I, I'm saying 20 plus. Mm. See, the thing yeah. is, Wales feed off momentum more than any other team. Yeah. Six Nations. Even when they have poor starts, well, not poor starts, if they have poor performances, but get results, they can turn that into something that turns into a grand slam very quickly. Mm. Um, I, I really don't know, actually, to be honest. I would, I would say France to win the game. Yeah, and we won't know if they win the championship unless Wales get two points. I, I think it'll be maybe like four one or five one in terms of points. Mm. I, I I don't think they'll do enough to win the tournament, but I think France maybe to win close enough. I think France will beat the box out of them, man. This France <laughs> team is quality, and they'll be hurting after last week as well. Yeah, if, if this France team were quality, they would have won at least one Six Nations in the last two years, and they might still, but. They've they've twice, sorry, three times actually. They've left a tournament. They could have won to someone else mm. to win. If we count that, yeah, awesome. so on the basis of of uh, history, it does seem like they might have banana skin it tomorrow. But I don't know. I think I just want to see them. But I want to see Wales get fucked. <laughs> I think uh, it's funny. Yeah. For me, I don't know. I'm. I, I I don't know. The Wales are like I said earlier, they're an enigma for me. Where um Yeah. Yeah, I okay. don't know. I take take a brave man to bet against Wales in this kind of scenario. Yeah. Even yeah. though like every everything on paper, I'm like France are better, it's in France. Uh Wales have gotten all the you know, the the decisions going their way, all those kind of stuff and um but but I'm scared. That's a, <laughs> I'm genuinely scared that Wales are gonna win. <laughs> what happens if Dupont spear tackles someone one minute, one minute in? I don't know. It could happen. That's, Wales seem to have managed to find the formula. Do Wales have like reverse goons that just attract people to goon them? <laughs> <laughs> Re- reverse goons. Yeah. They're like, so like they're, they're like the opposite of a goon in that they attract James the goons. Hope, no, uh, Lee Byrne, was he? Guy jumped up and basically kicked someone and they got red carded for it. The Scottish player. Could have been Hogg, actually. Mm. Like maybe, oh, maybe, yeah, like, ten years ago, maybe now. Hog, yeah. But uh, right. could I don't just no red cards, please. Whatever about anything mm. else, no mm. red cards. All right. Is there any 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 other rugby news you want to round up or? Uh, you up winning that easy off that game. <laughs> the what? Monster yeah, one. Did they? No, it was, it's over. A monster one, Jamie. Well, Rob, what do you have to say? Well, <laughs> monster winning. Oh, uh, it's good, I suppose. Well, I mean, like, come on. You were totally behind Treviso. You were building up as a... Well, I was saying, like, could Treviso 
get the it's a code. You came in like they just won the match. You were like, I see Treviso have got their first away win of the season or something. Only shit. win. Yes. And I was like, oh, what? They're basically won. You're like, oh, they're 7 3 up. And I was like, do you even know what Monster Rugby do, Rob? Yeah. Um, I, we touched on it briefly, but I want to say anything more about CJ Standard's announcement to retire? Um, uh, I think he's been a great servant for Munster and mm. Irish rugby. Um, I thought there's a clip going on him scoring his first home try. Yeah, mm. it's like 80 meter effort against um, Glasgow. Edinburgh, Glasgow, I yeah. I was surprised mm. at his pace. I forgot. You suddenly forget a player like what they're like when they're younger. Like when you watch Sean O'Brien around mm. 2011, he's just absolutely bowling everyone out of the way. You're like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um. I think he's been a great player. He's basically the prototypical monster player in that he's all efforts. Mm. It's never give up. It's all efforts. It's all work race. And like you said, this that used to be, it used to be more effective, but it was always there. Um, I, I like that. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays for a Bulls in a year or something. Mm. Like he said he's finished up, but if you're thinking like when he still have a year or two left in you. And the, you're settled in with your family, and your pandemic's gone. Like, would you, you might be tempted to play, to play one more season or something? Yeah, I can see um, that. I wouldn't hold it against him. Oh, no. I don't think anyone would really. Yeah. To be honest, you want to be a very petty person because, like, you just—it's been such a part of your life for as long as it has. Yeah. To then go back, take a year out, as you say, you might realize, fuck, I want more of that, and I can do more of that. You know what I mean? So. You wouldn't begrudge him that. And I think, like, remember how, like, Rassing and Munster had, like, kind of a a bro, bro, uh... Relationship? Yeah, when uh, Axel died and had to cancel mm. the match. Well, if the South African teams come into the Pro 14 and CJ ends up playing for it, I could see a little bro relationship developing from that, kind of, in a similar yeah. way. I don't think anyone would begrudge it, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, you but, imagine he'd be picked for any potential Tone Park match. Yeah. And it would be cool. And I'd love to see it. All right. We leave it there, so. I suppose that's something we should have mentioned during the English game, that that'll be a big... Motive, extra motivation. Yeah, exactly. The uh, yeah. <laughs> well, narrative is important. The thing <laughs> is, we have no problem with their forwards. <laughs> they're going to be going... It's just they're at the backs I'm worried about. But we could, just, we could bully, bully them with our beefy backs and... Beat back those British bastards. <laughs> oh. Okay. We'll leave it there. I think we showed it that. Literally. Okay. Enjoy the rugby. All right, enjoy the rugby. Lots of rugby to get through. Uh, 